How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very, very special guest with me on today. I have Brian Robertson. Brian is the CEO and founder of Visiquate. He's actually been a three-time founder, one with a consulting company, and then two SaaS companies he founded. And then for nearly three decades, Brian's been leading the use of advanced analytics to disrupt economics and enhancing quality of healthcare. Brian, happy to have you on the show, man. Yeah, hey, thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate it. It's been great to get to know you. Yeah, I, I, uh, th- this is the first time, I think, on the, uh, the history of the Scale-Up show where the, the pre-show might actually eclipse the uh the actual show of recording time so brian and i were jamming uh before and then um we had a good time so <laughs> a bit long but anyways, really, some- <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm excited to share you with my audience um and you the listeners so so brian let's do a quick revenue rundown so people understand a little bit more about you and your organization and kind of where you're at in the journey so can you give us an understanding of where you're at in terms of your arr yeah, so we just uh, passed the, the 30 million AR mark uh, uh, last year. So um, very excited. And, and, and by the way, had, had really proud of our team and what they accomplished during COVID. Um, you know, we, it was hard to fill the funnel because we're a very trade show centric, you know, in, in a very trade show centric and got to always be meeting new people, but team did an amazing job and hit, actually hit numbers, exceeded numbers and um, managed to keep recruiting and building muscle. So um, very excited. We're on the path now to uh, 40 to 50% growth per year because we raised capital last year as well. Um, So spent a lot of time in our startup years, you know, getting the foundation of what we wanted to accomplish from a technology platform, um, wanted to have really high quality, what we call cornerstone clients, um, marquee clients, you know, really build the Visiquate brand and reputation. Um, all of our people are amazing and they all have stellar reputations themselves, but together we wanted to really have that sort of Visiquate you know, branded reputation stand on its own. And b- before we raise the big capital dollars and we have a phenomenal partner uh, now, Sixth Street Capital. So there's gas in the tank and just, you know, very exciting because we can kind of take all the methods from founders and executive selling. And then we've had a small sales team of about four people for the last two years. And they're hitting an amazing stride again, even despite COVID. And so now, taking that model and growing it um, and really expanding. I mean, in our industry, in, in healthcare, uh, just in the United States, you know, we're, we, you got to cover the map, right? So it, it, now it's just getting the word out. Stop being the best kept secret, more shots at goal. Um, you know, pe- people know us, but people don't know us. <laughs> so uh, it's a fun hard time at the company right now, though. I, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm so excited for you know, where we are in our evolution and just just the passion and the energy and enthusiasm of everybody um, in the company right now to, you know, 
that's addicted to, hey, how do you, how do you help clients move the needle with advanced analytics, right? The notion of data is the new oil kind of stuff. That's yeah. that's our life. So, I love that, and I've never really heard it expressed that way. Uh, that data is the new oil. So, but totally yeah. makes sense. Congrats on your round of funding. Was that the first time you took funding last year? We've had uh, we founded the company with Seed and Angels and did some some VC it, uh, about five six years in, but lighter weight VC. Um, you know, wanted to kind of bootstrap and build it on the backs of contracts and you know really hunker down, um, and then hit that mark where it's easier to raise capital when you've hit certain thresholds, right? So right. You know, it's it's a lot easier when you get over twenty and you've de-risked and you've got case studies and happy referenceable clients and um, so we were wanting at various points and considering raising, but you know it was like it just it was never the sweet spot in our mind. Like it's like no, let's let's close a few more deals, let's get a few more case studies behind our belt, and so. Um, when I reflect back on it, there's times where I wish I would have done it sooner, but you know, that's, you can spend a lot of time thinking about that. We are where we are and we're super stoked and you know, ready to kick butt and take names. That's awesome. So big year, plowed through COVID, 40 to 50% growth, massive funding round. What's your go to market strategy? Um, it's really, we're focused on, in, in our world, there's about 800 logos. So we're an account-based marketing, highly, highly focused, targeted. Uh, and while there's 800 providers, we sell to the provider side of healthcare, you know, there's the top 200 classic Pareto principle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, it's really, really uh, our, our biz development folks you know, have a book of 50 to 60 accounts and their goal is to have, you know, total command, what I call total command, really know each of those clients. Where are they in their journey? Are they growing through merger and acquisition? Do they have centers of excellence? Who's on the board? Um, What are their strategic imperatives? Like, where can we help them in operational effectiveness? Like, um, so we're, we're very different than like shotgun type strategies. It's more targeted, um, really get to know your your clients. And um, and of course, it's spread across the map. So we have, you know, um, a variety of sales regions, but we're more focused on where people have relationships because mm-hmm. it's all about relationship equity and trust. We have long complex sales cycles. So if you start with, you know, with some relationship, trusted advisor credibility, then it's easier to showcase and illustrate, you know, our offerings. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I live the life and what you're talking about, and and you know, if you're selling and taking down those big contracts, there's there's you know the biggest fear that people have is making the wrong decision and getting fired, right? So building out that trust is hyper critical. And yeah. there's so many amazing byproducts of it, though. Just the people you meet, um, the referrals you get, and the growth once you get in there. So, um, so excited to dig into that a little bit deeper. How big is your team? Uh, right now, we have uh, about ten and growing. 
So at full capacity, we'll have close to 20 uh, with, with 16 having, you know, a, a number, a bogey, and, and then, you know, four to five in uh, sales ops and enablement. Um, so, yeah, it, that's what it takes to kind of cover the map, right, is uh, 15 of them with about 50 to 60 really high impact accounts. We do our best work, by the way, selling to larger health systems. You know, effectively we run, um, there's so many words to describe what we do, but we're like a, I try to simplify it, you know, fully managed service, but it's an expert-based service because it's, it's really hard to do advanced analytics. Mm -hmm. uh, just taking all of the disparate silos of information, normalizing, cleansing, curating that data before you do anything to it, you know, from a visualization standpoint or workflow. Um, so it's, I tell people, if you really want to move the needle on analytics, you know, it's not for the faint of heart and you should, you should partner. Um, cause we have everybody on the team, you know, uh, is an expert at what they do. And it takes a lot to, to actually have a BI implementation or an analytics implementation that meets the needs of the users from the CFO to the line staff to, you know, um, billers, collectors, case managers, it takes a lot of knowledge about what they need. So you have all that domain knowledge around what the users need and where what they need is always has to be focused on value. And then it takes a lot to build all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so we offer it as a as a as a full blown service where you're as a SaaS company, right, it's it, you're licensing our technology stack but we're actually doing your data curation for you every day. So it's like I say, you you know, you show up with a cup of coffee and a good attitude and <laughs> let the indicators tell you where to go, right? That's an awesome model. So, so it sounds like it's SaaS plus services is your model, right? Where yeah, right. you have the SaaS, um, is it a platform? Yeah, or I mean, we're a little bit of all of the as a service I like to say we're results as a service, you know, because we're, I tell people like, what do you do? I said, we sell return on analytics. I can tell you a hundred things about what we do, but you know, organizations live and die by investing in things that, you know, create a creative value. And so data should be about competing, winning, moving the needle on analytics and it, you know, so while we sell a platform and we sell data as a service, where it's all how all those things come together um, to help the client, like data is the new oil, right? What are you doing every day to create the the business health of your organization? Because um, our clients are great at the you know creating clinical excellence. We're on the other side of the house creating. Operating in business excellence is really our passion, using data, data and methods, um, you know, really t teaching the clients how to fish too, right? So we're, we're focused on data in the hands of clients so they feel empowered, they don't have to outsource and they don't have to do, uh, you know, as much outside consulting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of things from there I want to circle back on. So. You said you have 10, you're ramping up to 20. Is that just on your sales team that you're at or company-wide? Yeah. 
Okay. How many do you have company wide? Oh, yeah. so sorry, I thought you were. Uh, yeah. So that's absolutely just sales team. So we have about. Uh, we'll end this year with U.S. staff of about a uh, hundred and forty. Okay, hundred and forty. Uh, we'll add forty people this year. Wow. Um, plenty in sales and marketing, and then account. You know, client success, so account management to support all of the new de novo, all the new logos. Um, and then by the way, I also, uh, I have about 250 people um, in various, uh, across the pond offshore with a, a, a decent concentration in Ukraine. Uh, by the way, the shirt that I'm wearing is connected. This is called a Vishivanka. And right. it's, uh, you know, I've been trying to support my colleagues every day by wearing they gifted to, this to me on one of my birthdays on a trip. But we have an amazing uh, group of folks in Ukraine and Eastern Europe and Western Europe that are great at engineering, uh, quantitative methods. They're the ones behind the scenes that do complex data integration, complex curation, build the platform. You know, we do a lot of the architecture and design work in the U.S. and a lot of the and they participate plenty in, in architecture and design as well, but um, a lot of the building and the ongoing delivery is leveraging the power of our offshore model and kind of a follow the sun strategy and, and really where you find talent. I tell people all the time, they say, why, why do you go to Ukraine? It's like, because there's very talented people there. If you want a developer, if you want developers that are gifted in math and applied mathematics and, you know, many of them are also musicians uh, so they bring that great left brain, right brain balance to the equation. Um, not to mention just a, the whole world right now is seeing what I've always called the magic of Ukraine or the magic of Ukrainians, right? They have just amazing spirit and passion and strength and pride in what they do, everything they do. Um, we're seeing that play out in very uns fortunate circumstances on the world stage. But at the same time, people are, I have a lot of people that are now saying, I think I understand why you've been going to Ukraine. Those, those people are amazing. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, not awesome with what's going on with them, but <clears throat> I mean, I think it's, it's amazing your level of support. Uh, and if, if you're listening, Brian is wearing uh, the outfit, which which looks pretty cool, man. I, I I think I might have to get one of those myself. I might yeah, have to... it's got a little, There's tassels. The, the tassels come for free, you know. <laughs> but it looks worldly. I mean, I think it's amazing support for your team that you're doing that, and um, you know, just kind of speaks to the tragedy and what's happening over there. And you know, yeah. it's it's funny because I haven't had a lot of experience with. I, I don't I don't think I've had any experience with Ukrainian people, but it sounds like a beautiful culture, beautiful people. Um, so my yeah. heart goes out to, to your folks and, uh, and uh, everybody, everybody listening, if, um, say a prayer, say a prayer for them and, and hope that they get through this. Cause it's, it's just unfortunate kind of what's happening right now. So, yeah, thank you um, for that. Really appreciate that. No problem, man. So, um, so circling back, you know, the other thing that I'm going to ask you if I could steal ethically steal is the results as a service. Cause I'm a, I'm a sure. massive believer in results. And so yeah. I love that. Never heard it expressed with that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to copy a couple of things. 
<laughs> royalty free license at your disposal. Royalty, and then you got, and then you got oil is the or data is the new oil, which I think is hilarious and insightful. I wish I could take credit for that one. Uh, I know the first time I read it, I was like, oh, that's there we go. And here's <laughs> yeah. why I like. Here's why I like that. It's like we do live in a data economy, right? I think people hear that. But what I liked about the data is in oil is that it reminds me of all the stages we go through. Like, you know, in the energy industry, like if you take something like raw crude, look at what that the process that that has to go through, whether Mm -hmm. it's jet fuel or 87 or, you know, 91 octane or something that powers your weed whacker. The refining process, there's so many parallels to the data world. We take all this complex data that's so raw and it has to go through so many layers of refinement to be truly actionable, to be meaningful, not just a you know pretty dashboard, but something that's got leading indicators that tell you where the business is and what you need to do to be more effective. So yeah, it's... I mean, we do live in a world of buzzwords and corporate, you know, BS bingo, but I don't know. That one I'm hanging on to. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you run with that, man. Um, so, so let's talk about your, your, your journey here. Um, how did you get to this point? You know, it sounds like you, you had the consulting business you started and then two SaaS companies. Yeah. Was that foundational to you becoming who you are today or... Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, early in my career, I I was, you know, sort of raised and trained in a consulting environment in the healthcare industry. Just kind of fell into it. Um, learned how to do medical coding, you know, in in college, and then fell into a consultancy that was focused on the revenue cycle. Um, and so. I did that for a couple of years and I thought, I think I want to just do this myself because I was building my own relationships and clients wanted my attention. And um, so I started building my own team and, and hung a shingle. And, um, you know, I was in my 20s and um, already having kids. And, you know, it's like, OK, it's time to I got bills to pay and kids to get through college. And so it's time to become a serious adult here. Um, so had a lot of fun for goodness, like five, six years um, traveling, you know, to places far and wide. You, 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 you get something done and a CFO or a VP of Revenue Cycle tells their friend and, you know, our, our goal was always to go in and do something very impactful in, in, you know, three months, six months, one year, and then train them. You know, we didn't want to just always turn the crank. What started to happen is we were, before we even realized it, we were building a lot of, you know, you started out with models in Excel, right? Mm-hmm. So we're building all kind of revenue models and things that move the needle in a hospital system type revenue cycle. What happens in the front office? What happens in the middle office? What happens in the back office? And then those spread marts or spreadsheets, you know, back then start evolving more and more into an application. Then it became, you know, well, we, we should use Microsoft Access and build this into an application, have a front end and have a, you know, buttons that guide the user. 
oh, and then we need something more powerful. We're going to now migrate that to SQL Server. And so that evolved into, I joined forces with uh, another guy that had a claims processing company clearinghouse. And so the, he had one side of the house. I had the other. We formed this company called Medi Finance. And it was in the early 2000s when the, you know, the dot bomb implosion had happened. It's like, oh, great. We're starting a company using the internet to deliver, right? When, when the whole thing just kind of collapsed. So it was like, well, the internet's still up and running. So what the heck? Um, and yeah, it was one of those things that just was, we had to grind it out for a couple of years to get the, the mojo. But then we just hit, it, it made sense, right? We were able to deploy it over the internet. You weren't shipping CDs anymore. Um, so that second company, a lot of lessons learned about how do you, how do you meet the needs of a lot of clients that want the same thing, but they need different things. Um, and that was a great ride and did, you know, lots of lessons learned, lots of scar tissue and, um, and then myself and my co-founder, uh, JK, we did a lot of traveling together in, in the later years of, of Medi. And it was just that point in your career, it's like, all right, let's start fresh. Let's like wipe the grease board clean here. We have a lot of knowledge in our industry, we have a lot of relationships, and we want let's, to, let's do this truly our way. Let's put our own je ne sais quoi on something. Um, and that was 2009, and you know, we grew the business brick by brick exactly how we wanted. Um, didn't take too money, didn't take money too fast. So you, you're serving different masters that you don't want to serve. I always say like, the the number one thing is clients. Then come employees because if you don't have clients, you don't have employees. You know, sorry if there's any of my shareholders listening because I tell this, you're third in line. <laughs> Right. Uh, I don't believe that in, in the old adage that, you know, the shareholders will enjoy all of the benefits of their investment if we die for the client every day. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I like to say, you know, how do you become a trusted advisor to your clients? Like you go to war with them in, in some capacity, the business, you know, the data war and you go down to hell and rip the head off the devil and you prove to them that you have their back and they trust you. And then that becomes, you know, incremental and then exponential. Um, so that's a little bit just on the kind of the visiquate mindset as well. Yeah, I love that. And that's so true too. I mean, cause you're, you're dealing with big, hairy, complex problems. So it takes yeah. a lot for people to probably trust what you're doing um yeah which is why the sales cycle takes a long right because there's that lack of yes. trust data is hyper valuable and so i could imagine once you break through you're like their best friend right in terms of, of yeah. what you deliver um yeah our goal is to get I, I make no bones about it you know sometimes people say oh your your staff shouldn't be your friends or your clients should be your friends i'm like Okay, I can't even comprehend that, right? Our goal is to get on their Christmas card list, right? And so I'm, you know, go around the table of our staff and we're on a lot of Christmas card lists because it's trust and trusts turn into friendships. And, you know, it's, to me, it's, 
especially if you're doing complex enterprise selling. Oh yeah. You know, there are different business models where that that would create the client acquisition cost threshold would be too high. But when you're doing complex enterprise sales and you're in for the long haul, um, you're not doing situational gimmicks or investing or, you, you know, you're creating true value for people that you know are going to be around for a while and always need your your help. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you nailed it on the head right there. I, I love that. The uh, get on the Christmas card list. You know, one of the, the relationship ranking categories that I have when I'm, when I'm working with I should with say clients. holiday card list, though. Which holiday card. Yeah, that's right. Holiday card <laughs> list. The other, the other is, um, you know, I, I have people rank throughout the sales process when they're developing these relationships, ranking on a scale of one, one through five. One is that person individually won't meet with you outside a group meeting. That being the worst, right? And five yep. being the best, where you get invited to their kid's birthday party, right? Yeah, <laughs> something like that, you know, which something like that, yeah, which is lighting a lot, right in a line with the the holiday card list. So I love that. Um, so talk to me. I mean, you you started in two thousand nine. You you grew business big, brick by brick. In terms of growing revenue, what do you think? You know, what what was your framework? that really accelerated revenue and, and changed the game for you in terms of your growth? Yeah, it's it's a lot of things, but I'll probably go back to, you know, it is all about relation. I call it relationship equity. Um, and that trust that you build with, you know, healthcare is big, but it's also small, right? We always joke that, you know, healthcare is now approaching 20% of the economy. And, um, but in the provider side of healthcare and then in the revenue cycle, and it's, it's a small, chummy cottage style industry. Um, so, you know, in our case, and I, again, I think this is because of enterprise selling versus there's there's not a lot of methods that we use to get to the next level. There's not, um, it wasn't how we brought together our systems, you know, where lead gen and, you know, the flywheel for all the things that I think more broader go-to-market strategies, you know, have to be better at. In our case, it's really, we try to hire people that yes, have a Rolodex, but I never liked that term you know, how big is your Rolodex? I said, we all have a Rolodex if we've been in this industry. Who are the three to five people that would say you you have their back, they, you know, you've always had their back, you have created massive value for them mm-hmm. and they now trust you because you created massive value, right? So I like one of the things I just despise I can't overcome it in many cases. I I cannot stand being called a vendor. It just, it makes my, uh, you know, and people people in the industry say, well, we we seek to have partners, not vendors, and half of it's, half of them are being authentic and the other half are not. Um, but that's what we're focused on. We're focused on relationships that, if if I hire sales, individuals or business development people that have, let's just even use, you know, 
logical numbers. They've got 50 quality people in their Rolodex. Mm -hmm. But what are the three to five that really trust you so that you can get some victories on the board early? Because mm -hmm. if you get victories on the board early, you know, VisiQuate's a team sport too. Like once we get a client on, we die to make them happy and trust us, right? Then that breeds momentum and confidence. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, call in some favors, say, trust me on this. We'll crawl, walk, run, right? But that's going to that's gonna get the snowball rolling. And then it's when all the snowballs are running that that's where we can now sort of scale what we're doing. So it, it really is about, you know, relationship equity, which also is, are you likable and fun at the same time that you're serious and focused? Are you good at what you do, but are you, are you fun to be around and are you likable? Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, our culture, we, we kind of overinvest and look for that. I mean, we meet a lot of very talented people on paper. Pedigree, experience, you know, very impressive. Can I swear on your show? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a rip. I have, I have a rule, no bozos and no assholes. There you go. And my team is really, really good. We can spot a bozo or an asshole a mile away. <laughs> and sometimes bozos and assholes have a lot of chops on paper. Oh yeah. There's no there's no way that you'll get into Visiquate if you're not serious and focused and an expert at what you do. Um, or you're a diamond in the rough for our younger folks. But you better be fun and likable, right? And somebody that can hang out the clients can hang out with. Um and all of those things are the softer, more nuanced things that are creating momentum for us. And, and I think and, that that does happen more with complex enterprise sales versus, because I do recognize a lot of the stuff, and I've, I've loved getting to know, know you and read your stuff. A lot of that stuff is very, very important for anybody, but it's, if you're doing you know lower ticket and broader market, right? If you're selling to 10,000 people versus 800, then you better have great, well-balanced process. You better have a lot of arrows in the quiver. You need every edge you can get. In our case, we, we appreciate and have those things, but it's, it's really about relationship power um, in our world. Because it, I don't know, I don't know if cold calling, I, I don't know if cold calling in our industry works. If, if it happens, I think it's more based on luck. Some of my staff will spar with me on that, but. Mm -hmm. Well, then and I, I love that framework. And so, so two follow-up questions to that, and I, I know we're getting close on time, so I wanna be sensitive of that. One, how do you attract those people that have those three to five you know, strong relationships? So that's my first question, and then after you answer that, you know, once they, I don't want to say blow through, but once they execute on those three to five, what, what do you, or how do they keep executing once they, they get past those relationships? Yeah, I think it's just, um, they're very involved, obviously in, in the sale itself. Mm -hmm. 
their their clients want them involved. Um, as we start to stand up the solution, right? They're checking in, making sure that we deliver. You know, they they take their reputation very seriously. So um, once there's a couple of, then they can tell stories. Then they have reference points. They, you know, the goal is to get. You know, one of our sayings is try to get Visiquate paid for in the training session. So when, when you take a client live on advanced analytics, don't give a fe feature functionality training session. Say, all right, you're a multi-billion dollar health system with the same challenges around claim denials and bad debt and all of these things. So let's go find some money. How do you train clients on the system? Let's go find some anomalies. Let's go find some where payers are, you know, slow paying or not paying or where you have to get your house in order. Mm -hmm. And then so that kind of when you're doing things with data, the, the power of data is once they get the it, it's it's one of those things that once you've solved problems with really good analytics, not crappy dashboards, which the world is strangling on a bunch of crappy stuff out there. But when you're when you have the right balanced diet of leading indicators that are truly correlate to value and the client has solved a one million dollar problem, a five million dollar problem, a ten million dollar problem, it just success breeds success kind of dynamic. So that momentum, you know, it's back to the earlier thread, I think what they do to get to the next level is invest in that early bolus, you know, become a value machine for that portion of your portfolio and that will be the gift that keeps giving. So because the are gonna say, give me some case studies, give me some reference points, right? They're gonna do all that, so. Okay, and do you have a big land and expand model as well? We do, yeah, it's, our goal is to solve some problems in a big way around topical things, but then become a verb. So, you know, we call it visiquation or or even just, I got to visiquate, it's, it's, it's like Google is a verb. It's like, solve a problem in a certain area and then, oh, I got another one for you guys, right? So it land and expand, the goal is to have it happen organically and naturally where the client's coming up with the ideas. Um, there's always heavy collaboration on that, but um, okay. we have clients that we've, you know, uh, we take one data set and we solve one problem and and they now we now run their entire enterprise data warehouse and it's hitting 20 departments. Um, so it's it's very, very conducive to land and expand. But it's always based on trust and getting something done and being fun and, you know, likable as well. Well, I, I can see, I mean, just from spending the last hour with you or so, um, I'm sure you attract the people like yourself, which I mean, you're very open, honest, fun to be around. So then you, then you leverage people that have relationship equity, those three to five people that have trust, massive value, helps them get victories early, which creates momentum. And then you give them the instant win where they find money in the training session, which I absolutely love because people love fast results and that makes it sticky. And then next thing, which you get a lot of great sound bites, man. Um, where you go around from being topical to becoming a verb. So uh, I love that. And then that creates more business with, within itself. So 
what happens right. when you're a podcast junkie, right? You get all yeah, these little. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. I gotta get. I gotta nail some of my. my <laughs> like, um, if you haven't listened to it, and he didn't go super heavy, but Myron Golden's got a lot. Um, he's on my show. He's got awesome sound bites. They just like melt your brain sometimes. So, oh, that's cool. Um, so we're we're just about up on time. So let me do a quick founder fire, um, and then we'll wrap things up. So who's who's the top founder or CEO that you follow right now that that you really enjoy or appreciate? Uh Branson's like always in my top five, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just when I think, um, you know, there's going to be some new people to take the mantle. Um, stylistically, I, I always tell people like VisiQuate, we're, we're trying to do a couple of things, you know, the, the personality that Branson brings, the, just the style and the personality and the fun factor. Mm-hmm. It's not new ideas, right? Records and airplanes and hotels, those are not new ideas, but man, he sure makes them awesome and delivers an experience. And, you know, in all of his books and in in his own, how he embraces social media, he's just an authentic guy doing things, you know, trying to make the world a better place unafraid and unapologetic about having a lot of fun along the way. Um, so he's just, he's always in my, in, in, I think many people on our leadership team, um, you know, Apple and always appreciate Apple because they care so much mm-hmm. about the quality. So, you know, delivering an experience over just, I mean, Apple versus Microsoft, you know, we're much more Apple in the context of not just that we use Apple, but it's just that left and right brain being infused into the product, creativity and humanities. That's how we we try to play from that, from a product standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, rest in peace, Tony Shea. Um, I just love how he, with Zappos, um, I used to say, you know, I guess I am becoming older because we, we used to always refer to the Nordstrom's way. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a, you know, they lost their way, by, by the way. Um, and Zappos for me just took over that like, because again, they do white glove service and, you know, with the right attitude. I appreciate the Four Seasons and the Fairmont Hotel and what they bring to white glove service, but it just becomes a little bit stodgy and uppity mm-hmm. whereas you know the zappos like somebody's buying shoes and kids are screaming in the background and she's got to order pizza like order pizza for her she's your client right i mean that's we lean into that from the style of how you service clients right yeah um so i mean those are three that that, that are always in the i have i'd probably give bezos a little shit I, I I like I liked what he said a lot about day one, always be day one. Always appreciated his annual reports. Um you know, I don't know, the minute he started working out and uh it, it he a little little shines off the Bezos one for me. I like <laughs> Musk. I like Musk cuz you know, we, we all know he's smart, but 
He's smart in ways that people don't give him. His EQ is off the charts. And yeah. he can read a room better than anyone. And man, I love when people like the SEC, you know, I love when he pokes the bear for the, all the right reasons. <laughs> oh yeah, he can he can move the entire markets with the tweet. It's crazy, and yeah. he, he's like he's like playing he's like playing the orchestra with that. So, what, what's your favorite book you've read over the past couple of years? Past couple of years, um, the hard thing about hard things is one of my all time favorites because it's so freaking real mm -hmm. about. You know, I mean, you, you and I talked in the jamming session, right? The the idea of an overnight sensation, you know, we all know that that's bullshit. It's, it's the school of hard knocks and scar tissue and how many times you got your ass kicked in, yeah. your face kicked in, you know. Um, and I find Ben Horowitz, you know, when when he was building his company before Andreessen Horowitz, it it's refreshing when a guy like, and I always recommend people, I've read the book, but listen to the book. What a great book to listen to, like on a four hour drive, you know? Um, Cause it's just raw and it's what really happens. You know, how do you become successful? Like it's 2% about your idea and 98% about sweat and getting your face kicked in and, you know, classic, all the, all the get back on the horse, all that stuff. but. His storytelling is just so like, you know, oh, it's either stuff that you can relate to and be empathetic or it's stuff that may happen to you that you can get prepared for. <laughs> so I get a, so truth be told, I own the book, but I have not read it yet. So your little rift on it just made me, it's moving up the charts now. I got to listen oh, to it. I'll right get it on Audible. So. Well, you gave me the tip on Driven. So I'll read Driven. You do the hard thing about hard things and we'll, <laughs> and then you agree to be on my podcast right which we're yeah yeah dude i love being on podcast you know, a book report man <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because just being on other people's shows like um a lot of times if they ask good questions it really helps you deconstruct your thought patterns sometimes that you didn't know were there that are in your subconscious so yeah. um that's it's one of the true. things i love about it and then just meeting people too like you meet so many amazing people being on yeah. shows and getting to know them. So, Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So uh, last but not least, um, where do you see the future of tech going? Uh, I think AI and machine learning is here to stay, um, but it's, a, it's gotta be really always narrowly focused around very specific business problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, the Aon uh, or the uh, sorry, the IBM Watson strategy, right? It, you know, Watson beat a human being at Jeopardy and then master chess. And so we all know that AI works, right? When it's on the right, when it's focused. So um, I think if people focus on the power of AI and machine learning, in very practical ways and they go very, very narrow in solving what they're good at or their discrete problems, then I think it's gonna be, you know, there'll be exponential value over time. Um, I'm not one of those guys that, by the way, worries about, you know, the robots taking over. Skynet? If it, Talking about Skynet? 
Yeah, <laughs> Skynet. I mean, if it happens, I, I don't know. It's I'm not a sci-fi guy, so uh, I'm more practical. But, you know, I love the fact that Amazon, when I go to, even if I go to buy new guitar picks, Amazon's like, the minute I type in guitar picks, it's like, well, here's your buying history for the last, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I love the power of AI, machine learning, you know, everything surrounding that to deliver good value. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, that's great insight. Well, I, you, as you, as we talked before, I could talk with you for another hour on this stuff, but I know we, we both have our day jobs we got to get back to. So um, yeah, where, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about what you're doing, what the company is doing? And then uh, we'll, we'll call it a wrap. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I suppose I'm on LinkedIn. There's a hundred thousand Brian Robertsons, but um, I'm the Brian Robertson that's affiliated with Visiquate. So visitquake.com, um, you know, and I'm again, pretty soon we'll have a podcast that we're coming out with called Peak Business Health. Love to have you on. And um, recently I've been doing more in social. It's not, it doesn't come natural to me, but with the events in Ukraine, uh, I felt compelled and obligated to tell some stories and I might be getting pulled into it because uh, the response has been amazing. But I'd also say the visitquate.com website for anybody that, you know, there is a donations page um, if you feel so inclined. But, yeah. Well, excellent, Matt. Could, is there a link that, that um, your team could give me and we could put it in the show notes so that if anybody listening wants to, to donate, they could just click on the link and do that? Yeah, it's uh, it's visitquate.com forward slash Ukraine. And it's also on our main page. So if you go to visitquate.com, it's going to live on the main page for a while. Um, okay. If you do forward slash Ukraine, you can also find it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, it was a pleasure having you on. This is awesome. And yeah, definitely check out Visiquate Ukraine. Make a donation if you feel inclined and give back. Um, but it was awesome having you on the show, Brian. Really, really appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing and your viewpoints and your sound bites, by the way. So uh, <laughs> thanks for being on, man. And I look forward to being on your show. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. I can't wait to have you and really appreciate you, you, you reaching out. It's been great to get to know you. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah. All right, we'll call it a wrap. All right, cheers. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.